seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit World. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit World. Welcome to the very first episode of 2023 of The Hopeless Show. I am amazed we have made it to another year. It is an honor to be with you, Rohit, for 2023. And this, I guarantee you, no matter what, 100% will be our best episode so far of 2023. Guaranteed. It's literally, we're going to start the year off with a bang and... There, there ain't no podcast from us that you've heard like yet in this calendar year of our Lord like this one. But yeah, man. It'll also be our worst. It'll be our worst. It'll be our, It'll worst be our most mid. It'll be our <laughs> most controversial and our least controversial. But it's also our 95th episode, so we're approaching that 100. Yeah, oh, which, and, which will be a banger when we get to 100. Yes, and we know there's been a few people that have reached out to us. A few listeners have been like, you guys haven't recorded in a minute. You guys haven't, you know, like I know, I know, but we, we also got stuff going on. So in our news from the bomb shelter, Aaron, want to talk about our theme? Yeah. So our theme is 2023, baby. <laughs> I'm not sure how to. Yeah. Okay. I think we can work with this. We can figure out. We're both creative people. We can figure out how to work with this. So. And also, we you know, we did take uh, the holiday break off from the show because sometimes even we need breaks. And uh, but now we'll be giving you continuous shows for 2023. And uh, what do you what like? We spent New Year's together. We brought in 2023 together with uh, with New Year's. I felt a lot of hope that night. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely felt a few cocktails. <laughs> you know what we didn't feel that night? What? Fireworks? No, there were. Technically. But you've been to a number of 4th of July New Year's at my home uh, through, the, through the years. Uh, and, you know, my home, very fortunate to have a view over the city. And in the past, Aaron and I have just sat out there, mouths agape, and like, oh my God, at some of the fireworks displays. Oh, yeah, and putting on, like, great tunes and, like, listening to them, and it kind of feels like the fireworks are going with the music. Uh-huh. Yeah, like Miley Cyrus' Part of the USA, which is an all-time banger. Yeah. Um, good for any occasion. And, yeah, but it's been raining a lot for weeks, and yeah. it's continued for a few more days. And while I personally love it, and L.A. needs it, first, every all our hills are usually, like, brown. Now they're green. But we missed out on fireworks. But that's okay because the fireworks were the friendships taking place inside the home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, welcome to our cheesiest episode ever. Of oh, the yeah. Show. It's about the friend. It's This is not about how good an episode is. It's about the friendships you made along the way. Um, and That's yeah, hilarious. So, yeah. So the new year was a hell of a way to start. And by the way, um, I found out later that... There was at 5 a.m. a lightsaber that came out. <laughs> yes. By me. Yes. You brought out your lightsaber, and uh, and I started to 
there was ice in the backyard from the drink cooler. Uh-huh. And I we did have uh, a bartender. Yep, we did have a bartender, and uh, I started to chop the ice with the lightsaber. Oh, and it looked really cool. The lightsaber going into the ice. That's awesome. And uh, some of the other guests who were there looked at me like I'm. I don't. They didn't under appreciate what I was doing. I think because one of them was the one that gave it to me. Maybe the other Aaron. I don't know if he was still there. Maybe, and the other one was. Um, Actually, I shouldn't be saying people's names, but that there's enough Aaron's out there in the world. Yeah. Um, and another there, was another friend who um, were probably like, that costs hundreds of dollars. What are you doing? <laughs> Look, the ice, the ice had an enemy. The yeah. enemy was me. <laughs> it was very Sith ice. A Sith ice. No, it was a great New Year's, and you uh, you always put on a good uh, a good uh, party, and uh, and everyone had a blast. It was really cool to bring it in and. And it really was, uh, I really felt for the first time in years, I felt actual like hope and excitement for a new year, not dread and misery. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a wonderful way to start. And, you know, yes, I may have spent almost 10 hours cooking and nobody ate anything. I did. But, I ate a yeah, lot. I, thanks, Aaron. I made a lot. I ate like I, nine deviled eggs. They were I, so yeah. good. Oh, thank you. Um so, but fortunately, it gave us enough meal prep stuff. But anyway, that's enough about our new year. What else we got? Well, yeah, it's, I mean, before we get into the show, it's just, it's really interesting to reflect on all that we've covered in 2022. So much happened. The world progressed so much. And I just wanted to do one thing. Yeah. Is I wanted to go back to, uh, to our new, to the first episode of 2022 and just remind people of some of the topics to just show how far what we what we um think about as important in in a in a uh at the beginning of a year and then what ends up being important so a couple of the topics just to uh to know about last year one of ours was about uh what's her name Gislaine the Gillian Maxwell yeah her Getting convicted, that was a big news item and was very um, front page. Now, but, you know, and no one cares anymore. That was huge. Uh, yeah, and still, and none of the rapists, the child rapists, names have been surfaced. But she went to trouble for invisible, unknown rapists. But anyway, yep. continue. I'll uh, never find out their names because they're too big and powerful. But anyway, continue. The worst thing about crypto going on at the time was Matt Damon was in a cringeworthy ad. Everything oh else God. about it was doing great. That's right. That's when crypto was good. Yeah, yeah. So so that's another one. Another thing was, uh, oh, we were still talking about quarantines. Oh, there, yeah. That just, was before. Was, the, was this, this is before the invasion, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, before right? Before the invasion. And we were still talking about quarantining from the pandemic because of Omicron. And there were mask mandates still. Uh, so that was all happening and that's all done. Uh, there was talk about being, about being able to sue Pfizer or Moderna, the uh-huh. vaccines. Uh-huh. Um, and then, uh, on hopeless TV, we were talking about the new Kingsman movie and, uh, and let's see. And then the, oh, and <laughs> Uh, Rohit was very focused on woke M and M's. Yeah, they made them less slutty. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, 
And uh, there was something about Kanye and AIDS. So the biggest thing that Kanye was doing bad was some comment about AIDS that he made. He had not gone anti-Semitic fully yet. Rowett was also still very worried about World War III. He thought that World War III was inevitable. We did not have a World War III in 2022. Uh, Again, I'm so happy when I'm wrong because I <laughs> have the worst predictions. And uh, you do. And so those are just a few, just to show how things really change in uh, in a new year. Oh, and we were talking about Oscar nominees, not knowing yet that the slap heard around the world by Will Smith would happen. Oh, my God. So it's just amazing I, what a year brings, right? Yeah, yeah. And wow, we've, we've, we've seen some stuff. And by the way, our first episode ever was March 8th, 2020. And when we were, so means we're only two months away from completing three entire calendar years and starting our fourth calendar year for this show. Yeah, which is, you know, most shows don't get picked up for a second season. Yeah, Mm. most podcasts last less long than the average American marriage, which is not already long anyway. (laughs) Um, So, so that's, uh, so we're here to stay. And speaking of, we have a, uh, I have my first topic. Uh, and so it's going to sound weird. It's a little controversial, but I just have to say it. And I'll, I'll give a little background for those who don't know. The Dodgers have a pitcher named Trevor Bauer, who is sort of infamous now, less for his pitching and more for what he, uh, what he did, where he was the, some woman told, said that he was violent during sex. He, uh, then said it was consensual uh, sex, which from all the texts and all the uh, all the information, it seemed, yes, it was. But he still got suspended for two years from baseball. And he served a year. They reinstated him after a year. He did never got convicted of anything from the courts or anything like that. Um, and uh, no one is saying he's a, a great guy. I don't think that's... Uh, what anyone is trying to say, but he never was convicted. He was kind of convicted by the media. And um, the Dodgers just today released him. And I don't even begin to start to say that violence and sexual violence is good. If it's consensual, if things are consensual and both parties agree, and um, then... I, uh, I don't know what to say. You know, you've got two kooky people. But uh, what I don't like and where I really feel hopeless is I think he did his, he did his uh, time away from the league. They've reinstated him. And he was never convicted of anything. And I thought the Dodgers should keep him because we need pitching. He's a great pitcher. He – and – I, I believe that Pete, like on the team, he like he did his time. What about second chances? You can't shouldn't let the media dictate a second chance. And maybe he's a prick and it falls apart. But they should at least give him a second chance. But I think the media made it so the the backlash would be too much <coughs> for them to keep him. And I really feel hopeless about this because it's really a guilty until proven innocent look. And I just don't. I really, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. People, some people's take on this will think, will say that I'm 
wrong for it. It's just how I feel based on reading a lot and learning a lot about this situation. I think the Dodgers should have given him a shot this season. And it would have been interesting to see if he can be a, uh, you know, if he can come back and be a better person. Yeah, I I think there's a lot of growing for everybody here. Um, you know, I think the her claims in the end, um, there was the reason I guess he is being reinstated was because the claims seem to have a lot of things that maybe weren't as accurate or weren't as happy were portrayed. But this is kind of interesting. I, I and I remember it was the nineties. And I used to watch the show Ellen, uh, or the Ellen DeGeneres show. Um, it was a sitcom on ABC. Yeah, it was first uh, called These Friends of Mine, and then they like renamed it in the middle of it or something. Oh, was... oh wow. Okay, good memory. Jesus. Um, and I remember we used to watch it. We enjoyed it, my family. And then it came out that she was a lesbian. And I think she herself came out. And the show was immediately canceled. Lost a job. She couldn't work in Hollywood for a few years. And at the time, it was there people are having legitimate questions. Legitimate questions about, you know, is it okay to have gay people on TV? Is it okay? And then we looked at that today and you're like, that's the most ridiculous, crazy thing. Now, not to compare <laughs> Ellen no. with this, but I think what you're seeing... I'm wondering where you're getting at. <laughs> well, I think what you're seeing is people right now are having a hard time deciding what's okay to consume, who are the people that are okay to consume. And it's, it's, I think we're in a place where when there are people who have done uh, things that maybe are against societal norms, like engage in extreme BDSM fetishes, which Trevor Bauer is openly, as well as uh, the woman who made the accusations, were openly engaged in a consensual, hardcore BDSM relationship. Um, that's a kink, and it's a consensual kink. Um, if there, I think the, the question comes down to is the extreme nature with which Trevor Bauer, the party, engaged with that beyond her potential consent. And that's between them. We'll never know. Um, but, you know, the pictures are pretty pretty bad. Um, but in the end, the, the courts really weren't able to, to, to get him for anything, right? They, they, it wasn't able to go forward. So I think what right now, we're in a an era of it's better to get these people out of our eyesight and our television eye line than it is for us to deal with these difficult issues and these difficult conversations. Um, And so in the past, moral outrage was like, it was so ridiculous. Something as natural and as human as just someone loving who they love and just being who she was, she lost her show. Now we've become, we've advanced so far in civil rights. We've advanced so far in equality, but we are finding new things that we need to ask ourselves. Is this something that should, or just a person that should be, on TV. And now I can understand the people that are saying like, I don't think Trevor Bauer, that's a good example. That is pure, totally violence against a woman. But then I ask everybody else is like, wow. So Deshaun Watson, who has like 24 sexual harassment accusations against him and rapes. Yeah. 
oh, he seems to be uh, already back in the NFL and playing after a year and a half suspension. Um, or we have so many players that have are have been abusers that are stars. People are buying jerseys. These guys are there. And it's... it's. I'm just going to say a name. I know it's not a popular take. Yep. Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Kobe Bryant. If, uh, you know... Did he do it? Did he not do it? We'll never know what happened there. But it definitely was... What's the... I don't know... It's... Uh. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard because also because you and I both are recording for Los Angeles, and Kobe Bryant has probably eclipsed the cultural impact and love of the Pope. Um, yeah, and he's possibly one of the most important figures in this city's history in the past fifty years, and um, so it's hard to think and compare Kobe Bryant and put his his name in the same breath. But yes, he was he he raped a woman, um, and. It's, it's, I think, right now, it goes back to the question of can you separate the art from the artist? Because out, even outside of athletes, musicians, all that, I mean, John Lennon beat the shit out of Yoko, um, but he changed later on. He, you know, he wasn't always like that. He had a temper, but he, he went through some stuff, you know? He was, in, he was not a bad person. He just went through some stuff. And, and, and just about, but with Kobe yeah. one more time, yeah. one more thing about it, if people don't remember, is um, Trevor Bauer never settled anything with this woman. She just was told she has to go away. Kobe Bryant settled. He gave, no one knows what he gave, but he gave the woman X amount of money for the case to stop. He was never uh, proved innocent. Never, and yeah. He was, he gave her money. He agreed to give this woman money. Of some it's, of some yeah. amount to go away, and and he's a hero. And I actually worked with him a few times. Like nice guy, easy to work with, but it's uh, it's if but he it's, feels singled but still, out. He feels like, singled out. We like, have why? I mean, because Kobe won more championships and was so beloved in this city. Like, what's the real difference? I mean, you've got also people like Cardi B, who's fully admitted she used to drug and rob patrons. Oh yeah, yeah. When she was out there, you have. Hell, there was, um, uh, you know, there was a woman that uh, she, she and some friends, they had, I think, a special needs person that they robbed uh, and tortured him for a few days and murdered him. Um, and then she served as a speaker, um, you know, it's in some, in some recent, uh, you know, I'm not going to mention the organizations, but like... These people are out there in public spaces. And I think if we look, we can find a monster and a lot of people that we never expected to see it. And if we're if we're getting rid of all the monsters, um, I think we have a lot of work ahead of us. That's a lot of monster hunting. Um, and for someone that has, you know, for Trevor Bauer does personally, I don't mind if he signs with a team that I like, but I can understand fully how someone feels that his lifestyle and, and the levels of which he took just are too much for them. And that's their own prerogative. But it just, for me, it just feels like we are really, really weird about who isn't able to participate in their careers. I agree. It feels very uh, picking and choosing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, oh, like I'll give one more example and then we'll, we'll keep going with the show. Uh, 
last night I went to the comedy store, the great comedy place in Los Angeles, famous spot. And, they don't uh, sell comedy it, for those listeners. It actually no. it's in the name of a comedy club. <laughs> it's I'll a have comedy one club. comedy, there's a, please. There's a, <laughs> there's there's a great documentary about the place too. Um, anyway, I saw there was a who's who. It was Bill Burr, John Mulaney, Jeff Ross, Whitney Cummings. Uh, Wait, they all performed. They all performed like back to back to back. Are you serious? Who, uh, Sebastian, Chris Spencer. Uh, How'd you get tickets to that? I got the hookups. We'll go. Oh my god, dude! Sorry, uh, this yeah. is. It was a great. It was nuts. It was just like, I'm forgetting one or two more. But there was like, it was a boom, 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 boom of hilarity. But here's what's interesting about that. So you have really a who's. These are all incredible. They all sell out. Like they sell out stadiums and theaters and stuff, right? Big Netflix. Every one of them has big Netflix specials. You cannot even pull out your phone at a at the comedy place anymore. You can't even take a picture. Nothing. They stop you. I took it to look at my phone, and someone came over and like said, "Put it down now." He's like, "You were taking a picture." I was like, "No, I wasn't." He's like, "You were take it." And I'm like, "Okay, fine." And you know why? Because these comedians say things that if they were recorded, <laughs> they'd be canceled. Yeah. They yeah. go they go over the line. They still do all that stuff because it's part of comedy. And yeah. uh, like Whitney Cummings did a whole thing about trans friends that was uh very funny but obviously if it leaked she'd be probably canceled so um it was just interesting that that's our society now where you can basically only do it if you uh if it's secret yeah yeah and uh so it just shows the picking and choosing of what and bill burr man he went he said so many things that were inappropriate (laughs) i love him so much Lots of uh, questionable rape jokes, <laughs> but oh my god, but no recording, so it's just him having fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, yeah, the picking and choosing. I mean, we've kind of gone deep in this, but I feel, I feel hopeless. But I guess for the Dodger brand to get bring it back for the Dodger brand, um, you know, the cell phones to give the the similarity. The cell phones are, are out when you're Trevor Bauer. Uh, mm-hmm. You're on TV every day, or for him, every fifth day pitching. Like, you're in the spotlight, you're on TV, you're part of the brand, the Dodger brand. The Dodger brand is a five, seven billion dollar brand. And they don't want, I think this is what I read basically, is that they, they just don't want the brand associated with someone who has that track record, which I guess from a branding perspective is uh, smart for business. Yeah. So, and the Dodgers are one of the biggest brands in sports globally. And yeah. I get it. Um, and hey, if there's any hope I may bring you from this, because I know we've been on this topic for a few minutes, is that Trevor Bauer probably has a massive lawsuit that he can put against the commissioner of baseball, um, mm-hmm. Rob Manfred, who many baseball fans have been generally unhappy with a lot of his decision making over the years um, since he took over as commissioner. Um, yeah, he's starting to get better, but yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's at least for people, people can watch some fireworks there. Um, and also it's, it let it be known or noted that before his suspension, before this whole thing happened, Trevor Bauer was one of the most outspoken anti-Manfred voices yeah. in the league. <laughs> so I think he kind of set himself up when you are constantly trashing the big boss on Twitter and then the time you're in trouble, I think the big boss might not show mercy. No, it's true. <laughs> he, tra- he, tra- he, uh, he showed no mercy with anyone. He's a pretty crazy guy, but yeah. 
All right, I'll take some of that, and we can move yeah. on. It was a very, um, it's an interesting topic, and uh, it's and, a sensitive uh, topic. We we've talked in the past how hard it might be for us to address this without coming off like we are trying to defend anything, or we're just trying to understand. Try and understand, just, and try yeah. to come to some conclusion and draw direct comparisons from other situations. Yes. So now we can move on to. A big topic that we addressed in 2022 in a very different way. It's we come every week to this topic, the crypto watch that we do to see what is going on in the crypto world. Well, 2023 was a terrible year for crypto. 2022 was a terrible year for cryptocurrency. 2023, Rohit, all I want is predictions here. What do you think is going to happen for cryptocurrency in 2023? I think you're going to see some consolidation. Um, I think you will see a return of Bitcoin and Ethereum a little bit. I think NFTs uh, are, you're you're not going to see any marketer try to do, oh, we're going to have this type of NFT. I think they've the brand of NFTs have been so damaged, possibly far beyond what is fair, you yeah. know? And I've, don't get me wrong, I've always kind of been someone that's not into NFTs because for me, the flex isn't something that I can emotionally and financially afford. You know, it's like it's like it's like having a beautiful Except for piece those of art. four Donald Trump ones you bought. Yes. No, I got all eight. <laughs> you got um, all oh you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought I had four and you had four. Yeah, yeah, no. And it came it comes with a special meet and greet where he kisses me on the cheek. It's great. <laughs> um, yes. For any new listeners, please do not take that seriously. Um, <laughs> no. again, this this show is part comedy. Um and part of comedy is just finding a new way to react to tragedy. Um, but anyway. Uh, so NFTs are gone. NFTs are gone. I think you're going to see a little return of Bitcoin. What's Bitcoin trading at right now? Um, it is, I'm going to make a prediction. Um, okay, it's at 16900 Okay. Um, I would venture to guess that by the end of the year, it gets back into the mid-30s. Okay. So, so it's I double in value. I agree with you on NFTs. I think they got oversaturated and it just got way and it's I still don't I really don't totally get it. Yeah. Um Bitcoin is a currency that people do use that you can buy stuff with and um I believe it will I I agree. I think it might be higher. I think it could end up even being higher. It could really Maybe not at the beginning of the year, not now, but I think it'll slowly climb. It's it really right now. It's it whatever the stock market does is what Bitcoin does because so many people on Wall Street are in on Bitcoin. So I believe it will, as the stock market rises, which I believe it will as the year goes on. So too will Bitcoin, and people will be invested in it um, as the year goes on. So I I think it could go to 40, 50, 60. It could go all the way back up. Um, and same with the Ethereum and some of the others. So I, I agree. It just, it might be, a, it's a slower roll right now, which is probably better. Yeah, I think it's it's similar, you know, even if the market does go down, let's say the market's really bad, just like home values, you know, in the end, they will always, always over time be way higher than when they started, you know? Yeah. And I think like, you know, the, the, I think Bitcoin will go up, um, like I said, Ethereum up. And if somebody's feeling really frisky, yeah, they can put a bunch of money in and maybe double their money in a year. 
Who knows? Again, this is not financial advice because Aaron and I did not major in crypto when we graduated college. No, but ago. we are starting the Hopeless Show Crypto Fund. So you are welcome to submit any amount of cash and we will happily take it for the crypto fund that we are starting. Yes, and we'll talk about it. And we'll talk about and it. And we'll mention we'll, who gave us crypto. Yes, and we'll mention you. So uh, that's our prediction for crypto. And now we get to talk about sports. And I have been waiting for many, many years to talk about what happened in sports. At the On the first day of 2023, I watched the morning games with Ina, who was my, uh, my challenger in the finals. My team, DAC Lives Matter, finally, after six years, it, yes. I made the playoffs. I snuck into the playoffs. Yep. I made it to the finals. And I was playing Ina, and we got to watch the morning games together. Yep. We got to actually experience the ups and downs of the tracker on Yahoo going. It was it was actually mainly in Ina's favor in the morning. Yes, it was. It was showing that she was going to win. And then my my favorite quarterback, the probably the I would I think the best quarterback in the NFL currently. Most people right would on. agree. Daniel Jones of the New York Giants. Woo! Yeah, go Giants. I still um I guess I do have to say that a little yeah. more. Only um, through the end of this season. Only through th- the end of the Super Bowl. Including the postseason. As soon as they're yeah. done playing, then you don't see it anymore. So go Sad. Giants and Sadly. Daniel Daniel Jones, who had a monster, monster game. Oof. Monster game to bring it home, along with Austin Eckler for Dak Lives Matter. And I, for the first time in my fantasy football career in any league ever, and obviously for the first time in this league, can say that I am a fantasy football champion. Yes. 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 I am, you know, even though you beat my partner, I am so happy for you. Um, I'm not happy for her because I played her in the finals in another league and I beat her too. Um, no, but, the humble brag. <laughs> there yeah, it is. Yeah. But Someone called also, you out for that. You're like, also, yeah. I might have lost this one, but I won the other one. But although the thing is, she still has four bills, including Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, left to play. But that game's never going to happen. And NFL, they just cut off the scoring. Um, so she's got a lot of players that could have caught up. So, But the NFL league has given me the Oh, wins. you're not doing a thing where she gets to count her players next week? I'm not commissioned. This is this league is run by the LA Rams. Um, oh. And it's for season ticket holders. And uh, Super flex this, right there. Yeah, I was able to sneak in. I mean, they, they create a number of leagues. Um, it's for, enough for people for fans to join, but um, but yeah, we we got in and yeah, she had the top team all year, the number two team all year, and I beat her. Poor Ina. She's do you win thrilled. like real money for that? I don't know yet. Last year, I think everybody, all the winners got a hundred dollars in the various leagues that they had. Um, so anyway, I'm so happy for yeah, you. Yeah, back, so back, back to me. Back to me. Back to me. Congratulations, Aaron Wolf, the 2022 Couples League champion. Well done and uh i hope nobody takes my team name too offensively it's no, just dak it's... is dak prescott and yeah. it's a play on the black i came up with it also well before george yes. floyd any of this i've had that team name the entire time i've been it's in this true league. it is absolutely true and you know and it's said with love too with love so yeah. yes i am the champion i will be gloating about it all year and uh, i think you have something about sports that's not nearly as important as my uh 
my winning. No, you have something. no, but it's just as big news. And I'm sure you've heard about the Snow Angels, right? Yeah. Okay, so just I'm going to replay it for the, for, for the audience here, for our listeners. So my favorite team, the New York Giants, they got a rookie named Kayvon Thibodeau. Kayvon Thibodeau was, you know, projected to go, some people even had him going in the first overall pick in this past draft. He fell to the fifth pick where my Giants picked. Um, and part of that said he's kind of got an attitude, which I personally <laughs> love. And many would say that is the mildest way I could have ever put it, that he's got an attitude. <laughs> he's kind of, you know, but he's intense. And uh, when we were, um, you know, handing the Indianapolis Colts their butts this past weekend, he tackled Nick Foles. He sacked him pretty good. Um, and he started doing snow angels on the ground. And so he did one snow angel, two snow angels, three snow angels, four snow angels, five Six. He kept going. Seven. Then but, he looked over. But he looked over to his right, and it looks like Nick Foles, a quarterback he just sacked, was also doing snow angels. But no, Nick Foles was actually writhing on the ground with might what maybe a cracked rib, and he was and a, a concussion. Yeah, and a concussion. Oh, he got a concussion too. Yeah, he was out of it. He also was out. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. So he was writhing on the ground, all messed up, and then he looked over after the seventh snow angels. And did four more snow angels. He just kept going. <laughs> it was literally a celebration that lasted about six times as long as most sack celebrations last. And it was so awkward. And meanwhile, you have none of Nick Foles' offensive line and teammates even coming to help pick him up. The dude is just like flipping around like a fish. And Kayvon just continues to do the, the snow angel. It's kind of like that scene from King of the Hill where Bobby Hill is doing snow angels with his neighbor, his really elderly neighbor. And he's like, he's like, okay, Mr. Fitzgerald, you have to use both arms like me. Watch how I'm doing it. But Mr. Fitzgerald is having a stroke. Or he's having a heart attack and he's grabbing his heart. So he's only he's got he's got like well, one arm right. Nick Foles was was convulsing on the yes. field. He was convulsing with yes. whatever the head and the ribs and stuff. He was actually convulsing. His career is, I would guess, probably likely over. I mean, no, I don't think so. I mean, it said that right now he's day to day with ribs, but he's not playing this upcoming week. I don't think it's going to be Sam Ellinger. Um, but yes, it was unreasonably long. And then here's the thing. Many people could defend, you know, the peripheral view out of your helmet's not great. He could have thought Nick Foles was doing snow angels with him. There's a lot of excuses <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we could make. You know, it was like good camaraderie, you know, just do like a very extended 15-second long celebration with your uh, teammate, with, with your opponent. But then later when Nick Foles was getting carted off, uh, Kayvon did do the whole like two-handed cl- uh, sleeping gesture, um, which I'd say <laughs> isn't good sportsmanship. And then when he was called out about it, um, by the opponent's coach, by the Colts head coach, Jeff Saturday, Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer, like, you know, offensive lineman legend, famous center. Um, but he's, you know, he just took over as interim coach this year. He's like, I don't like this. He's like that. This is disrespectful, blah, 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 bad for the game. And the reporters asked Kayvon about this. Like, well, how do you respond? Like, what, like, you know, you did all this stuff while he's injured. He goes, my job is to go out there and attack the quarterback. That's what I get paid for. And they're like, but what do you think about what Jeff Saturday said? He's like, I don't know who that is. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) So everybody's like, get this guy out the league. And for me, maybe it's my homers county, but I'm like, my hopelessness is like, is it bad that I like the villain that I'm really embracing it? And I love every single thing he's doing. Okay. I'll break this down for you. It's, it's pretty simple. And I think it was uh, shown with the tragedy. And now luckily he's going to be okay. 
of Damar Hamlin that everyone knows about with um, yep. him dying on the field and then having to be brought back to life after like nine minutes of being dead, which is crazy. Um, the NFL, people take it way too seriously because what it is, is it's our modern day gladiators. Mm -hmm. It's a bunch of people who decide to play this sport where they get hurt. A lot of them have lifelong injuries because of the sport. It's a very unhealthy sport to play. And most people, a lot of players, I'd even, there's a, one guy, uh, guy I know who was a quarterback in the NFL who like regret, you know, he, he was a big quarterback and he regrets playing. He's like, my knees and everything are messed up forever. I can't do anything. And um, so a lot of players feel that way. So if you are going to be in the NFL, it's, you, you can't think that you're dealing with a lot of uh, all great people. <laughs> who are who are down to be, you know, just humble individuals. No, this guy, he is true. His job, the thing that he is doing is he is supposed to go and try to basically hurt the quarterback. You're supposed to tackle a guy who's trying to throw the ball who's basically defenseless. And the hit was clean. It was absolutely yeah, yeah. clean. It's yeah. the NFL. It's gladiators. It's like yep. saying to a Roman gladiator, uh... Like that wasn't cool. You killed the other gladiator, but that's what you were supposed to do. And I think this is saying it wasn't. It was fine that he killed the other gladiator, but it wasn't fine that he said mean things about right, the right. Yeah. Which wait, you're saying that these people who are on the field to hurt other people and tackle other people are supposed to be nice people? Some are, <laughs> but some definitely aren't. And no. Nick Foles, Nick Foles, who's been in the league a while, he won a Super Bowl. He signed up from an early age to be a quarterback, to be the guy throwing the ball where there's lots of other big guys who are coming over who don't like you and want to hurt you. Because if they tackle you, which would prop maybe hurt and could get you hurt, they win. So Nick Foles also knows what he's signing up for. He knows those people don't like him and they want to hurt him. And this is what you get in the NFL. The NFL to me is fun to watch and it's also kind of a joke that people take so seriously because it's a violent, disgusting sport that with a lot of bad people in it. We talked about earlier, Deshaun Watson, a rapist, is throwing uh, throwing footballs for the Cleveland Browns now. Like, they don't really care about humans in this league. And so I don't think there's... A, you can't be offended by anything with the NFL. The NFL is what it is. No one wants a more caring, softer, gentler NFL. <laughs> it's the bad product, and if all the players are just nice, and just like, isn't it more? Isn't it so refreshing to hear Kayvon Thibodeau saying, "I don't care what the opponent's coach says. I'm not here to be nice." Isn't it more refreshing? Like, oh well, you know, it's a it's a team sport, and blah blah blah. blah. You know, all like the the boilerplate stuff the, that the, never the means cliches. Anything. Yeah. No, I so. think I just think anyone who takes really anything in the NFL seriously, beyond like winning fantasy football, like I did, but anyone who actually takes it like seriously with these guys they're gladiators they're out there to hurt and and when there's a big hit people cheer like that's what they're supposed to do mm -hmm. so yes is he an asshole of course yeah. what's he paid to do be an asshole <laughs> literally yeah and it's great it's great okay so thank you thank you for making me feel better about that and it's just like i feel less bad about loving the asshole guys but then again as a, before we move on you know my favorite wrestler growing up was million dollar man ted dibiase you know, and he was just a guy that was just like, he was supposed to be like this rich capitalist dude, 
And he would like sometimes like, <laughs> this like story would be like paying to like rig things and stuff. Like this guy's great. women. He would give women money. <laughs> like remember, it, what, didn't he have like women on his side or something like that? Oh yeah. I mean, his whole entrance song was money, 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 money. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that guy ruled. So um, yeah. yeah, so it's okay. You're fine. And I wanted to be in Slytherin House, even though I kept getting plays in the Ravenclaw. So yeah, I like yeah. I like I like the spice, the spice, and uh, so we'll move on with a little spice because we have our first debate of 2023. Yes. So this debate is about what is currently going on in the House of Representatives, one third of the uh, of the branch of the federal government, the House of Representatives. There are um, four. Am I right? Four hundred and thirty-five seats. In the House of Representatives, the Republicans have a 10-seat majority and uh, very small when you think of all the numbers. And Kevin McCarthy, the the congressman from Bakersfield, California, is the Republican leader currently, but cannot get enough votes to be the leader of the uh, the, these alt-right Republicans. These really fringe Republicans won't vote Mm -hmm. for him. The ones that Donald Trump elevated and made stars out of, like Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert and uh, Chip Roy, I think. Any of these, these real massive clowns are, uh, are stopping him from getting it because he won't be far right enough um, yep. and do really extreme things, and they will not vote for him. So I ask you, just as an American... Um, and we currently are sort of the world is watching. I think Biden said it. He didn't say anyone is bad or good. He just said it's embarrassing for the country to have our Congress, our, our House of Representatives, not be able to pick a leader. And Joey and, B is right. And he's totally right. It's yeah. so embarrassing. So my question in the debate is, is this a good thing or bad thing? What is going on in the House? Being that I think neither of us are fans of Kevin McCarthy. No, but he's not the Antichrist. And I think this is a very good thing. Like, a tremendously good thing. And I'm not even saying that's our... Here's the thing. I can say that to be funny because I love chaos. We've talked about this. That's been my persona. I love seeing just this this party just tear themselves apart. And I think it's so funny. I think the jokes have been great. The memes have been great. And here's the thing. We suffer as Americans because of our government, no matter who's there anyway. So it's just very funny to see them suffer. And so I'm very happy about that. But the, re- the, the pragmatic person in me is we can finally start to delineate truly who the wolves are and who the coyotes are. Both, both will come and hunt for your animals, right? Yeah. You know, both are not to be trusted. However, the wolves are a bit more dangerous, and we are seeing, they are finally identifying themselves clearly and plainly. And I think this is a good thing. It's better for the people that are going to make legislation that in many ways hurts this country and hurts these pe- hurts people of our country. It's important for us to know who they are versus them being blended in at all times. Yeah. So, that, that, to me, I'm happy to have people raise their hands and tell us who they are. And so, which is why, again, I've always been so pro, you know, 
complete unadulterated free speech because you know who the baddies are because they're telling you. And now we're able to see that. Um, and truly, it's it's. I don't believe truly. Like I said, I know say this. I say this flippantly. I don't believe every single person in every in all parties are all bad. I like to make flippantly make these jokes, but it's now we're actually getting a chance to see who the extreme people are versus who the moderate people are. And the moderate people are the ones that we know can work together with the other moderates to make things happen. Whereas the extreme people are the ones that we know we need to keep a tighter eye on. So. I'm going to take a middle ground here. I'm not going to uh, sure. totally agree with you. Great. Um, from a entertainment perspective, this has been phenomenal. Yes. It has been hilarious. Twitter's it's been, been great. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's been, there's, I mean, the, the jokes about Kevin McCarthy are f fantastic. Like the one that was going around with the speakers that you check uh, on the, uh, you know, when you have to like sign into a site and you have to, click all the speakers that are and there's like seven speakers and then two that, that you one. click and then two Kevin McCarthy's that you don't click uh great I mean it's incredible material and it's really good and watching some of these what it what it has shown too is there's the people in Congress who seem to take their job seriously and then and then there's the people who are just and this is what, what I don't like and then there are just these people who are just about self-promotion. And these wolves, as you say, they're just about self-promotion. They want to be on every talk show right now. They want to be the ones saying, look, we're, we're not going to have it because they're getting attention. They're building bigger names for themselves. Matt Gates and Boebert and these other ones are only getting more attention. They'll get bigger book deals. And, what, and they're terrible people. And they'll get bigger book deals and, uh, and so on. And... I don't like that, and I also don't like the idea that it could lead to real government shutdown stuff um, because we don't have a house that works, and that could start delaying. It could hurt the country financially and in other ways because there's just nothing happening. Because there's they can't also a school of thought that when the government shuts down, it's actually a good thing because that means the government isn't doing anything. Um, and they yeah, generally, but, but yeah. you know that we, I know you like saying that, but you know that we need, like when the government do doesn't do things, things fall apart. Like do we? when the, in the Trump era, look at what went like national parks, for example, got decimated because Trump cut all the, like most of the funding to a national parks. Biden came in, resuscitated them and they're doing better. But like, mm -hmm. like Joshua tree disastrous. by us was disastrous. Uh, Joshua tree was getting like destroyed. Because they People didn't were have... literally pulling up their pickup trucks, putting chains on the back of the trucks, uprooting these rare and protected Joshua trees and just stealing them from the fucking national park. Yes. So when people say small government, we don't need government. No, if we didn't have government, we wouldn't have a country. We need some order and we need money to make our like the infrastructure thing that passed and like getting roads working, things like that. We need that stuff or this country, we become third world. We don't want to be third world. So that's why I think it's super entertaining what's happening and stuff. But it would be really great if they could find, if not, if it's not Kevin McCarthy, find another moderate Republican who can work with both sides of the aisle to get things done. Because right now, I believe the Republican Party has no leader. And instead, their yes, whole, their entire platform is just to hate the left. That's it. That's their platform. Democrats right now have a platform they run on. There's things they're doing. There's things they're getting done. Whether you like it or don't like it, that's what they're doing. And I personally like it. Uh, 
what the Republicans are running on in their whole speech and all they're they're saying is like uh, that Biden's terrible and they hate the left and they're all commies, which is just it's nothing. There's nothingness there. There's no platform yeah. that they're running on about what they're going to do to better this country. And, and that I mean, that technically is also the general nature of conservative government is not to make new laws. It's to minimize how many new laws and rules are made. That's why these two parties, it's important to have at least two parties to counter to balance each other. But they're Whereas, not even minimum. They're just hate. Their party is run on just hatred. Oh, that's no doubt. No doubt. It's and a that lot. doesn't work. Yeah, no, it's there are a lot of haters. Um, and but I do think, if anything, maybe this can cause a split between the Republican Party and and if anything, I've always wanted third parties. I think that there should be multiple parties to choose from, not just the two big main ones. And even though the far right might split into its own party, that'll give more party the ability for more party. And, the, and if they can win elections, which I don't want them to, but it can just show the viability to have extra third parties in this country. But which I, I think, think I also just think if the Republican Party could self -cor could correct and become a more moderate Republican Party again, that doesn't have as much extremism running the show, which right now they are. They're literally holding back uh, the House of Representatives from working because of extremism. And I don't even, I think Kevin McCarthy is a shit guy, but like I, I then like find some, like work, find one of the moderates to, to use that's yeah. a, that can be a speaker. I just, I think that it's a problem when one of the parties is completely dysfunctional. Yeah. And right now they're base they're dysfunctional. Like they that's what you got to give the them world they is all, watching. They, they fall in lockstep with each other, even though they have so many different backgrounds and ways of approaching the world. From the moderates to the to the you know the Dem socks. You know you have all this these groups within the left, but they, you know, they all all fall in line, and they all fell fell in line under Pelosi for better or for worse. But she was able to keep her people, like in step and and under you know, biden everyone's like they've all united and got the things done that they've said they would get done yeah. and it's there's no extreme people in the democrat on the democrat side just like blowing it up right so i just that's where i think i just i can't totally agree with you on this debate because i just think it's it's a bad look for our country and when it is, when it's true, we are Americans. We have a two party system. It would be great if both parties were operating with some sanity. Yeah, which I had no hope for. Um, <laughs> however, uh, you know, and maybe one day we'll be like the rest of the damn world and not be only two parties. Like most of the planet has not just two parties. So hopefully that would be can. good. Yeah. Um, well, let, we'll move on. I I am curious what people think in our debate. Please let us know who you agree with. And uh, and now, Rohit, you have a, a tough breaking topic. That yeah, I know this we is want a tough we have to one. get to. We thought about opening with this one, but like, damn, for the new year, we're like, that's hard. But we're not going to spend too much time on this topic because we think we've, but I know Aaron's got some takes on this. We've said, I don't think anything has been there very different than what most people are saying about this. We want, you know, better enforcement of existing laws. We want better background checks. We Let's want more it training. It's, but um, this is what it is. control. Gun control, you know, we want also people to be able to exercise their constitutional rights, but responsibly, like you would exercise any other right. However, this is this one was crazy um, because it's 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 been a long time actually since we had a shooting that shocked us, which is very sad for many. But this this was a shocking shooting, where a six year old shot 
his teacher in a Virginia classroom. Um, and this so is let the that youngest... sit for a second. A six-year-old. Yep. Richneck Elementary School in Virginia. So six years old. Like, I, I have so many things in my office that I'm dialing in from that are older than six years, like almost everything from my guitars to my Legos to, I have these slippers I've had since 2004, okay? They're three times as old as this child. They're really <laughs> comfy, fuzzy Ugg slippers that I bring out every winter. But they are three times as old as this child who shot his teacher. That is crazy. Um, it looks like she's going to live. And it looks like they've apprehended the kid. I'm assuming it's a boy because you don't really see many female uh, school shooters. Um, but it's but yeah. What the hell, Aaron? So it is scary. It is alarming. It is, I think, the most extreme shooting I've ever heard of. Because it's a six-year-old. At six years old, I definitely had no clue how to use a gun. And I definitely had no clue. And, like, I, I barely could bring my lunch to school. And this kid brought a gun to school. And so my hope from this, and thank goodness the, the teacher will hopefully be okay. And this is awful what happened. My hope from this is that this is the the thing, the final thing that gets people to wake up. This is it's gone that extreme that a six year old shot their teacher at a school, and how a six year old got a hold of a gun, and how a six year old, the parents obviously he didn't go buy it, so the the parents obviously were not should not be having a gun if they have their six year old bringing it to school. You're supposed and, to have a safe. For yeah, the love it, of God. So these people should not have a should have a background check, like vetted for six months before you can get a gun, and everyone should be vetted, 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 so that this doesn't happen. So you don't have a six year old shooting. And I, my hope is that this is the the final straw of the wake up calls that people need to get more legislation passed to have more background checks, more background checks, stricter gun laws, gun reform, and any of the NRA people and all the Republican nutbags in their pockets that, uh, you know, that are paid so much by them. Like, how can you argue with a six-year-old shot his teacher? It's, like, we need my, something to change. The part of me thinks that nothing will change because... I know, but, th the powers but this is be, so extreme. This is so extreme, but that's that's also why it won't change. This is seen as such an anomaly, such a blip, that the argument back, which I'm not making, but I'm stating, right? Okay. The argument back for people that are opposed to common sense gun legislation is, that's so extreme, that'll never happen again. That's just, you can't judge all these other cases by a six-year-old. That's that's just too crazy. And, and it's almost too, it's so insane that you can't process it and you can't group it in with those other Shootings. I know that sounds insane, and this is not me saying that. It's just me rehashing what people are going to. So you be think saying. this story is going to be swept under the rug? Because I don't. No, it will not be swept under the rug, but it'll be completely and wholly ineffective. I my hope is that it's this gets some things to change because look, uh, Biden the 
administration's already put some more gun reform in place and they can do more and and when you start arguing it and these people when they argue it like i remember rubio did it to the with the parkland students a while ago when the when they do argue it they look like idiots and terrible people and now you're arguing about a six-year-old who shot their teacher like you can't there's nothing to stand on there i mean and here's the thing there is pride in being a responsible gun owner there's pride in taking you know a hobby or a craft if you're a collector this and that. there's a pride in being and why, a good owner like and do you why want does anyone it? have a why do people re, why as a gun owner do you reject the idea of having a extensive background check so that you can be a proud gun owner why if it's like saying uh like you shouldn't go to the dmv to get a driver's license no you go you get your driver's license you earn it you show that you can drive and then you can go on the streets and uh and you have to get vetted to just drive so you definitely should be vetted more to own a gun i don't know where the pride is in just being able to go to a store and get one any day yeah, I think oh, because without, it was a constitutionally protected right, and then it was with a, with a with the with an amendment that was written in a bygone era for reasons that aren't uh, that aren't they're not twenty twenty three. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I maintain that you know, you know, the the Second Amendment was written to protect for people to protect themselves, their property, and also you know be able to organize um, in case you know they have to fight their own government, um, which. You know, it's it's you look at how Ukraine, you, we've been sending all the guns. You look at what's happening in Hong Kong, Thailand. There will always be a scenario that you want to have your citizens armed. However, you want them trained. It's not just about arming people. It's about them training people. And that one of the reasons it works so well, for example, Switzerland has the highest gun ownership per capita in the world. They don't have gun violence like this because all of their people have to do civil service training because yep. there's a culture of even training children how to use firearms responsibly from a very young age. There's a culture of safety around it, right? In Switzerland, nobody's taking their guns away. And it's funny, they're a neutral nation. You never hear about shootings there, never any of that. But they're a heavily armed nation. And they're European, they're super liberal, but it's, it's we have a culture problem. And we have a problem that this culture doesn't want to fix itself. And we need to get to that root. And maybe you're right. Maybe the six-year-old will instill that change. I do believe that everybody that is qualified to have a gun should have the right to, but they also need to show that they are qualified. Um, Continually. I think this will make a dent. I think something will happen. Uh, what it is, I don't know. But I think something will happen because this story won't go away. Not Hopefully a not. chance. Hopefully not. And... Uh, and so with that, we wanted to tackle a tough subject because it's, uh, it's breaking. And uh, with that, uh, we're going to move on to our, our segment that we call Hopeless TV. For new listeners, Hopeless TV is about things on TV that we find hopeless. Hence why we call it Hopeless TV. See, you know, we're clever. Yeah. Um, so I'll start. And then I know you have one too yep. before we wrap up the show. Mine is <clears throat> the streamer. I'll call it a streamer pandemic. Because there is so much content, there is just, it's just dumped all the time on there. And there's so many things I want to watch that I never get to because of this problem. I went on to Netflix a couple days ago. And the thing that was on the front was like a documentary, a five-part documentary about Bernie Madoff, the, the financial criminal. 
and I was like, I was planning on watching all these other things and I saw that and I just clicked on that and that's what I've been watching. And it's very interesting. I didn't know a lot of what happened. Um, this was a while ago when he did all this and I just didn't know. Um, and uh, I just knew the gist. So my problem is, it's not even a great documentary. I just am interested in the topic, but uh, there's a lot of problems with it. But my hopelessness is, content is so saturated right now. It's basically, what do you click on? Nothing feels really special anymore. And I, are we just, all, am I always gonna be relegated to end up, to end up clicking on Bernie Madoff documentaries? I mean, yeah, it's, there, it's, we've been crippled by choice. We've been, there's, there was even a whole South Park episode about it where Netflix was literally signing anybody that came to them with the slightest concept, like, you got a show and you got a show, and you got a show. And it's funny, you look at Netflix's content overall, and while it's a fantastic platform, the quality has gone in a certain direction where you still got some major mega hits like Stranger Things, high production quality. Then you got some others that are heavy, leaning into reality TV and all this. Even you look at HBO. HBO is now scaling back some of their mega hits like Westworld, big productions, big storytelling in favor of cheaper production. Um, and Oh, what do you know? Just like cable TV. Yes. And that's thing. exactly it's you have business people making creative decisions. And there's nothing wrong with business people, you know. I'm known to do a business every now and then. But um the art form of television is actually truly important. It's something that binds our nation, it binds our world because it's something there's a storytelling that we can all come together. And I do see that we are having more of more content than we ever had, but more content than nobody ever asked for. Yeah. And less content that is we have to jump in and tune. The last thing I can remember is, you know, like White Lotus um, season two was absolutely fantastic. It's going to win every damn award in the Emmys. Um, I've then not before that, House of the Dragon. Um, and then Severance. And I think all three of, three of these shows are all going to be nominated. They're all nominated for Golden Globes next week. Um, Ooh, that's next week? Yeah, yeah. I might be going, possibly. At least really? To a party. Yeah, to a party. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Am I your date? Uh, I'm Ina's date. Um, oh, when is the Golden one, Globes? Tuesday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we have too much and we're going to continue until a major platform fails. Uh, and I think what you're seeing is HBO turning into, has the danger of turning into all the other platforms that just have leaned into reality TV and scale back their mega hits. Um, maybe someone like an Apple step up. Maybe someone like a, I don't know who would step up, but we need somebody to kind of step in and make that premiere content because, yeah, we are, there's too much. And I think you have every right to be not only concerned for your own well-being, but concerned for the art form, a well-being of the art form itself. I am. It is okay. Well, I don't feel any hope, and thank you for that. So let's move on to you. <laughs> no, well, the, sorry. The hope is you can always watch the good stuff that you haven't seen yet, because yeah, there's also I, I'll watch White Lotus, a lifetime's worth of content from the past thirty years that you'd be like, oh my god, I never visited The Wire, which I haven't, and I'm going to watch that at some point, you know. And, but yes, yeah. my topic, and we'll make this quick because I know we're already uh, at the hour mark. Um, it's NFL Sunday Ticket. We've talked a lot about sports, but my hopelessness is this: that. YouTube TV has won the bid, the, I don't know, $4 billion, however many billion dollar bid to purchase the rights for NFL Sunday Ticket, which means... It was four. Three or was four. four billion. Yeah, three or It's a lot of money. Um, they won the rights away from DirecTV, which is the reason I've been subscribed to DirecTV, even when I lived in New York to watch Giants games, so I could watch all of them for, God, 15 years now. 
Um, I've been uh, I've been subscribing to my satellite just so I can get the Sunday ticket. Um, now I'm gonna probably end that subscription, but now I got to go to streaming to to get that. And the games are always on delay, Aaron. And whenever I'm watching a streaming game, it's like a minute and a half behind at times. Yeah. So I get alerts about touchdowns before they happen, texts from friends about things before they happen, or I can't text other friends, but like, hey, listen, I'm, I'm streaming, so I might not, you know, don't ruin this for me. And it just takes away the spontaneity, and I think that sucks. Do you have any hope for that? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the other thing is, man, Apple was bidding on it too. The other part, the cost part, is Apple bid it, and the NFL would not let Apple win the bid because Apple wanted to make the NFL's on a ticket, which cost $400, um, for a subscription, they, Apple wanted to make it free and included with their their six dollar or five or six dollar Apple TV Plus subscription, and the NFL is like absolutely not. So how much is YouTube going to charge? So about four hundred, probably again between three hundred and four hundred. So it's just the same crap. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Except and now worst with a delay. product with a worst with a worst product. product and a delay. And but everyone will get the worst product wherever you are because they have no choice, except for local feeds. Correct. You still have to work out the local feeds how you do that. That's why you got to subscribe to YouTube TV for $65 uh, a month. Yeah, I have no... Uh, so you have to subscribe and then buy the ticket? They might sell it standalone, but if you want your local games, you got to subscribe to YouTube, YouTube TV or some cable provider to get the local channels to watch your yeah, local this games is, that are blacked out. Yeah, this is very bad for the NFL. Yes. I think another another thing Apple is trying to do is also say no blackouts, dude. It's like, hey, listen, if someone wants to watch the Rams game and they're in LA, let them stream it. They're still going to see the same commercials. What is the difference? Like, what truly is that difference? Let them watch it. Like, it's so dumb. The blackout rules are the dumbest thing that sports has ever created. So I have zero... Uh, well, I think the blackout also applies. Like, they want Rams to sell more tickets because the Rams don't sell sure. out. The Rams were the third highest attended stadium this entire NFL season. Oh, they were? Yep. Well, it weren't necessarily all their own fans, but um, it was... You know what's not going to happen next season? The Rams <laughs> being the third most. They did win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, but uh, Or the Chargers. There's an example. The Chargers don't... Chargers are number anything. seven, I think. No. Yeah. Whenever I go, it's like... like yeah. Empty. Like when we went the stadium to... holds approximately 13, 9, 39 million people. Oh. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of people in there. It's a lot of people. 39 million. Anyway, yeah. I think yeah. it's... This is bad for the NFL... It's uh, gonna bite them because it's a terrible decision, and uh, fail. And I don't have any hope because it just it's gonna. Great. All right, let's. Yeah, we're ending on a really strong note here. Well, I do have I do have hope for you. I do have excitement for you. BTS, our favorite K-pop band that we just started to get to know when we started this show three years ago almost, and we don't know much of their music, but we know some of their songs now, and we know a lot more about them because we have the segment called Guess the BTS. And today, Rohit, can you guess in 2023 what a member of the band BTS, of the group BTS, is doing that's awesome? Oh, God. He is starting his own... Hair care product line. It's a great guess. It's a great, you know, you you always have great guesses. This is one of your best. That would be really good news. But it is not, you're very, very wrong once again, as, as is usually the case. You've gotten, I think, it right twice. So what is happening, which I think is badass, and I wish would happen way more in uh, 
our society. BTS's Jin learns to throw grenade in army. Proud fans spot commander of trainees tag on uniform. So in the South Korean army, the members of BTS have been told they have to go serve in the army like everyone in South Korea, including, so the, the celebrities, the biggest celebrities, some of the biggest celebrities in the world, these guys, are no different in South Korea. They still have to do their civic duty of serving in the South Korean army. And I think it is super badass that one of the members of BTS who sells out stadiums and has it's like is is taking his job so seriously that he's a commander of the trainees in uh in the army like how cool is that dude it would just be so funny to like watch him just doing like dances like emotes when he's like throwing grenades <laughs> at like enemy like combatants like sick dance moves yeah <laughs> yeah that would be amazing uh, and he had to shave his head. So oh, no. He doesn't, he doesn't have, so it's the opposite of your hair care thing. He doesn't have the... Uh, there's pictures of him. You can click on that link. Um, Let's see. There's, uh, but he shaved his head, so he doesn't even have... He has to... They're, all the BTS crazy hairdos that they had, they, he doesn't have one. He has no hair. Damn. So... Now I how, think, will we, how will he get a girlfriend? <laughs> Yeah, um, so I think this is really cool. Um, I, I am that proud of really our, cool. our favorite band, favorite group. Um, long live BTS. And now we go to our segment. We have one topic today called <coughs> Hope in 60 Seconds, where we bring you hope in 60 seconds. Today, Rohit is going to have to bring me hope because I have a very hopeless topic. Yes, so Aaron will get 30 seconds and he always goes over. I always remind him, take 30 seconds. So I have 30 <laughs> seconds to answer. So for the love of God, Aaron, you take your 30 seconds and give me 30 to answer starting now. I'm very sad because the Wall Street Journal just posted that beer sales have dropped as co- consumers balk at higher prices. I don't even really drink beer, but I'm really sad because I feel that beer should always be a high selling product and never should go down because beer only leads to good things in our society. Give me hope. All right. Well, with 38 seconds left, um, I think the hope is this. Maybe now there'll be less annoying IPAs. <laughs> oh, amazing. <laughs> That's it. 30 That's seconds it. left. To, wow. Left to yeah. Rohit, bringing in 2023 with a bang. Yes. There are too many annoying IPAs that are so super expensive. I can't drink them and you can't drink them anyway. Yeah. So it's just annoying. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Rohit. Not even good at the timer. Yeah. We just, yeah. We are yeah. good. Thank yeah. you. I have... So much hope. I will hope gong that. Bong. <laughs> the hope gong is going off. Yes. Thank you. And finally, a submission to end our show. Rohit, here's the submission. I'll let you answer it. This is from Danny Dumplin. Danny Dumplin is from uh, Texas. From outside, it looks like Houston, Texas. So Danny Dumplin wrote, Aaron Wolf, look how stupid Democrat voters are for listening to the media and Democrats. Did you know on January 6th, so I guess this is the question, did you know on January 6th that two people died, not seven? Those two people were unarmed white women murdered by the Capitol Police. No one else died that day. Even the cop didn't die that day. A cop died a few days later with stroke. These 
scumbag Democrats broke their own glass, waved in in unarmed people to pretend it was insurrection. And then the media is just as dirty as the Democrats. They're still pretending and playing along with his facade to the world. So I think the question in there is, did I know that two people died, not seven? I thought only one rioter died. No, I think two died of the rioters. And I I know at least one cop died. And I guess this person is saying that it's okay because the cop didn't die on the scene. He died a few days later at the hospital. Is that his point? Yeah, I mean... I mean, today is January 6th when we're recording, so it's a perfect uh, time to answer this question. Um, yeah, we've we've shared our thoughts on J6 in the past, Aaron and mine, probably like wildly, hilariously different takes, um, but, um, <laughs> but I emphasize hilarious. Um, I still think there's a lot we don't know about that day, about why the police opened the barriers, about you know, why they were let in in the first place to, you know, some people broke in, some people walked in, took pictures, and then they left. It was weird. Very weird. Um, and, yeah, I personally, oh, God, I'm just scared to even say what I think in many different ways. It's gonna <laughs> ups- I'm going to upset somebody. Um, Look, it's a submission. We have to answer Danny yeah, Upland's submission. Danny... I think that you... Well, we first have to thank Danny for his submission. Yes, yeah, thank you for that. Happy New Year to you, Danny. And I think, yeah, there are some elements that I think maybe aren't exactly how it's been portrayed. I do think it was a riot. I do think it was unnecessary. I don't think that they had a true plan to take over the nation's capital. Um, and like, it wasn't like King of the Hill. If somebody captures the fucking gavel, now they're running the country. That's not how it works. And that's how it's been posed. Um, so I think, yes, there, there is a lot of hyperbole that still won't go away. Um, and yes, people did die after that, but imagine if nobody had to die. Wouldn't that have been great? Um, yeah. and you know, I, I do, like I said, I do appreciate, uh, taking protest to the places of power. Um, even though I do not agree with anything of why January 6th happened, I agree if you're going to protest and you're going to riot, do it at the place of government um, and not your communities. So that was a good thing. Um, but yeah, shouldn't have happened. Um, <laughs> and there, yes, and while I have laughed along to a number of videos of the day where, you know, there might have been um, some yakety sacks. <laughs> and if, and like a one and a half speed like recap of it, <laughs> the internet's a dark place. Um, so yes, I may have laughed to things like that. Um, but yeah, I think that nobody is getting a fair shake out of what that day truly was. Yeah, I think that's uh, a good good answer for Danny. And um, we do it is the day we do remember the lives that were lost that day. And uh, Biden gave the gave medals of honor or whatever they are to um to a bunch of the people who did defend it so that more people didn't die and get hurt and uh i commend that people also um protecting lives the ca- i think he gave it to capitol police who saved lives and uh i commend uh those people who i think that's what we can look back on is commend the good people who did save save from more lives being taken that day because it could have been way worse 
actually. Yeah, and I, I also want to do the opposite of whatever commending is to people that compare it to 9-11. Um, <laughs> I'm, yeah, so don't do that. Um, but yes, so it was a dark day. And it won't go away, for the love of God. Um, so, yes, I look forward to the day when we don't have to have January 6th conversations anymore. Because it was just really annoying to talk about. Um, so, uh, so there we are. Yeah. There we are with our first episode of 2023. It's been a banger. We've covered so many, so many pieces of, of the world and we can't wait to come again next week. Uh, we don't have, she said, (laughs) I guess that's where we'll end it. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Just end it with a, that's what she said joke. Yeah. Yeah. And you can follow us at the hopeless show on the socials. And me, I'm the Aaron Wolf on social, and Rohit is Vohit for the number four Rohit on social. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we're we don't have any hope fulfilled yet because the new year just started. So yeah. next next week we will bring you hope fulfilled. To well, the hope fulfilled is that we're back. When the world seems gold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore, here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless show. With Aaron and Rogue, it's the hopeless show.